Welcome to podcast number 89 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Quality Christian Living podcast has to do with living a life of abundance, joy, and peace, a life that God ordained for his people. That's what the overall covering of this series of podcasts is. But currently, we're in a series entitled Faith to Receive. We've been on this series now for several weeks and will continue for a number of weeks until I believe the Holy Spirit tells me it's time to switch to a different topic. Future topics will be things like generosity, what's in it for me. We will be addressing subjects like prosperity, both spiritual and financial prosperity. And then at times, I'll be switching off into topics relating to miracles and faith and things I believe that'll help our Christian walk with God. So with that, let's get started by seeking the Holy Spirit's direction and ask the Lord for guidance. Father, I thank you for this opportunity I have to bring once again a podcast to your people. Pray that you would anoint it and bless it. I yield to the Holy Spirit and ask for guidance and direction. I pray that those who are listening in would receive this teaching and that it would help them and strengthen them. And Father, that as we go through your word, give examples, Father, of people's lives who've been impacted and changed to have greater faith. Bless this message this day, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's podcast is entitled, Learn to Identify Roadblocks for Greater Faith. Now that may sound like something that's a promise. Well, it is. I promise to give you scriptures that will help us understand the blockades that rob us from getting greater faith in our walk with God. In addition to that, we plan to give you a list of questions that you can answer in your own life about things that may interfere with your level of faith that you would like to have taking place during your prayer time. So without any further hesitation, let's get right into it because I think today is going to be an interesting lesson. I hope that you're open to it to receive it, and may God bless you in it. There are many things that we could talk about when it comes to faith. We can talk about having faith to move mountains. We could have a discussion about people that we know of great faith and people that seem not to have any faith at all. But rather than going that route, I want to start off today and give you something in the Word of God that talks about faith. It's Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse number 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So, once again, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Faith is the confidence, some of the translations say the substance, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a great reputation. Verse 3. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. That's interesting. The whole premise of this teaching has to do with calling forth those things that are not as though that they are. And here we see the scripture in the book of Hebrews that tells us that everything came from nothing, that God created everything from nothing. God didn't need to have anything to work with to create something or build something because he is the creator, the only great creator, the only one who created the heaven and the earth and the universe. And so let's just continue reading and see what it has to say here. I always enjoy hearing about the great men and women of faith, and that's where it goes from here. It says, verse 4, it was by faith that Abel brought a more accountable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's 
offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Now verse 5. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. The Bible says he disappeared, in verse 5, because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Verse 6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Now the scriptures go on and talk about Noah, talks about Abraham, and many people refer to this as the hall of fame of the heroes of faith. But I'd like to try and focus more on you as an individual. I want you to think about your faith and would you like to see it grow? I'm sure you wouldn't have listened to this or wouldn't have tuned into this podcast if you didn't have a desire to see greater faith or experience greater faith. So with that, I want to give you some practical teaching I think that will help identify those things that block or rob us from having great faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5 and 6, I read some words. I want to go back and pick those up again, maybe even a little bit in in verse 4. It said, Abel's offerings gave evidence that he was a righteous man. You see, if we're generous, God's going to see that, and I believe he'll reward us for our generosity. And so Abel's offering was proof or evidence that he was truly a man of God and a righteous man. So God showed his approval of his gifts. Then we jump down to Enoch in verses 5 and 6, and it says here, before he was taken up, that was Enoch, he was known as a person who pleased God. So if you'd like to increase your faith, then one of the ways to do it is to please God. And how do we please God? We please God by speaking to Him, by praying. We please the Lord by sharing what we have in our relationship with Christ with other people. We please God when we read the Word of God and grow from it and receive instruction for our life from it. It says in verse 6 there, it says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. So we should park here for a second. You wouldn't be on this podcast today if you didn't have a measure of faith because God gives everyone a measure of faith. So because of that measure in faith, you have now tuned in to receive something to have greater faith. And there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, that's a wonderful thing to do because it says here, and it is, it is impossible to please God without faith. So therefore, if we don't have faith, then we're just wasting our time. We've got to believe that God's able. You see, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. That's, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that God exists. Some people say, well, that's a silly question. No, it's not a silly question because there are people, believers that I know, who question sometimes whether God is listening to them or whether God even exists or whether God even cares about them. And these are believers who've given their life to Christ. It's human nature to question and wonder and think that maybe people are not pleased with us. That's just our normal human nature. But we've got to get away from that and rise above that. It says anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So before we go any further, you've got to believe the fact that God does want to reward us. He wants to reward us for those of of us who sincerely seek him. We do it with a pure heart, true heart, clear mind, and with a desire to know that God is able, that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything we can imagine or even think. Those are powerful words, but that's the word of God. So therefore, we've got to believe that God will reward us if we pray, if we seek, and if we desire greater faith. So with that, I'm going to move now into this area of questions that I've prepared for you that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. There's a host of things that can cause blockades to our faith, to us increasing our faith, or things that'll come in in form of blockade or a wall between us 
and receiving, or as I talked about in the prior podcast, catching the concept that we can believe for things that are not as though that they are, or catching the idea that God can bring something from nothing. God is able. So we need to tear down those blockades. We need to walk over them, knock them down, and believe that God will increase our faith when that takes place. So here are a few questions I'd like to throw at you that might be of benefit to you, and I know have been a benefit to those people that I've counseled in the area of faith and the areas that I've taught on it. Question number one, thinking that this sounds good for someone else, but does not really apply to me. You got to stop that. You got to give up that thinking. I want people, anybody out there thinking that there are super Christians and, and not so super Christians because there's no such thing as a super Christian, but there's everything about supernatural anointing and blessings from God and supernatural faith that can come from God because only God is supernatural. God's promise are, his promises are for everyone. And we've got to believe that. The answer to the question is, well, you know, pastor, you might say that to me and say, pastor, this is a good teaching for some, but I just can't believe that everything can come from nothing. Or I can't believe that the dreams that I had that I've given up on, that God will bring them back in my life. We've got to dismiss that and come up against it and take authority over that negative thinking and believe that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the answer to the question is, maybe this teaching is for someone else and not for me. Dismiss it and let it go and believe this, that God's promises are for everyone. Okay, let's move on now to question number two. Believing the past is dead, can my dreams really be resurrected? There's a couple of questions there, but they both apply to the same thing. So the question is in your mind, in your heart, you say, can I really believe for things that I've given up in the past? Can my past dreams be resurrected? Is it possible that God could bring back to life my marriage that was failed or bring my son back home who's away from God or my children or that God can repair a relationship that's been broken up for years, maybe even decades? You see, yes, because God is able. He's able to do anything. There's nothing too difficult for God, but we've got to trust him and go back to the first questions. We've got to believe that God is God and that he exists and his promises are real. But the promise that we read in Hebrews chapter 11, that we've got to have that kind of faith to believe, to even start to pray and believe for greater faith. So when you ask the question, and that is that, and this is a blockade, that I've given up on my past or I just can't believe that my past can be resurrected. I think my future is, there's no hope in my future and my past has destroyed my life. We've got to give up on that and we've got to approach this topic of greater faith with these words. We serve a God who has resurrection power for anything in our life. Now, resurrection power, when we hear that, we think of Jesus being raised from the dead and that's very true and it applies. However, we can have resurrection power in our life as we live. We can see hopes and dreams be resurrected. I've seen pastors who've given up on their ministry, resigned, went out of ministry, started working in a regular secular job someplace, and the call of God was still in their life. And they were called back into ministry and went back in and had a new start and even had a greater success in their second try at ministry than their first attempt because God is the God of resurrection. He has resurrection power in your life. So you can believe for that. So you should take a piece of paper and write down those things that you've given up on. If you had a dream one day to travel around the world, then you should write that down back on your dream book again and say, God, I'd love to do that. Would you want me to do that? Ask for his will in it and put that back on your list as those things you'd like to do. 
In society today, we talk about the bucket list. The bucket list is a list of things that we'd like to accomplish in our life that maybe we have not accomplished or things that we'd like to do again. But you need to get that bucket list out and put on that list the things that you've given up on and ask God to bring them back to life. There's some people out there who wanted to try a different job. Maybe they wanted to change careers or they wanted to move to a different city or someplace. Those are things we don't just do flippantly. We don't just do it overnight. Just say, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do when I want to do it and just take off and leave. That doesn't make sense. But God has a plan for you to pick up those dreams and bring them back to life. They do take time because God wants us to have patience to wait on Him. You want those dreams to come back in God's timing, in His plan for your life. You don't want to just assume that you can quit one thing and do something else without praying, without seeking God's help, without getting counsel with someone else. And be sure that you don't give up on what you have and wind up searching for something you don't have that could cause great frustration in your life a feeling of God's not with you or a feeling that you're not able to do anything or do what you wanted to do. Those are things you got to take control of in the name of Jesus and move forward. So seek counsel, seek direction, read the word of God, pray and seek the face of God and wait for him to answer those items in your life you need to see resurrected. Let's go on to question number three now. Will I allow my past circumstances to destroy my future? Wow. There's a lot of people that are so beat up from their past that it's destroyed their future. I was out to lunch today with some people. We were chatting. We were talking about how people who've been hurt by someone in a church will give up on church. There was a couple that we met in church today and they were talking. They had some friends that they've been trying to get to come to church, but these friends told them, no, we won't ever go back to church because we were hurt there. The pastor said something we didn't like or someone there cheated us out of money or there were people there who took advantage of us and those types of things. Well, that's going to happen whether it be in church or not in church because people are people. They make mistakes where there's none of us that are perfect. The only one who is perfect is sitting at the right hand of the Father and that's Jesus Christ. But we've got to stop thinking about our past being destroyed and our past circumstances will destroy our future if we allow them to. We make the decision to live in the past or live in the future. I believe in living for today and believing for living for a great future because that's what God plans for us in his word. So the answer to that question, will I allow my past circumstance to destroy my future? The answer is this. The apostle Paul said to forget the past. He did not say it would be easy though. You see, forgetting the past is very difficult. Now, we serve a God that when we come to him and we receive him as Lord and Savior, he not only forgives us of our sins, but he forgets them. The Bible says he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. Now that's God. But because we are God's children, because we have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of us, we can rise above past bad experiences, difficulties in our past. And I honestly believe we can get to the point where we can forget the past through the hope of the Holy Spirit. There are things sometimes that happened in my life that were bad that when I continue to talk about them, they continue to seem to affect my life and impact my life. But when I stop talking about those difficulties in the past and just let them go and forget them and ignore them, they pass away. And when I don't bring them back up, they will not come back and bother me again. So yes, we can do that, but we need to learn how to forget the past. And we can do that through the anointing of the Holy Spirit and by reading God's word on how to deal with challenges that we face in the past. And in future sessions and podcasts, I'll be bringing up additional topics on how to deal with past hurts and things of that nature. Let's move on now to question number four. I had some really big dreams and plans 
were these dreams and plans too big for me? Now, that's an interesting question. Some people look back on their past. They look back upon past failures or difficulties that they've had in their life, and they think sometimes, well, I just bit off more than I can chew, which basically means I took on a bigger project than I was able to handle. Well, I'm not saying that you did or that you didn't, but I can tell you this, that nothing is impossible for God. And He has great dreams for you and a great purpose for you and a great purpose for your life. So the answer to that question that that I gave you, question four, that said, I had some really big dreams and plans. Were they too big? Well, the answer is found in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. You see, we can never have plans greater than God's ability. So let's read Isaiah chapter 59, verses 8 and 9 in the New International Version. It goes like this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You see, we serve a God with greater power, greater thought, greater ability than we'll ever have in our life. And we serve a God who will share those thoughts and dreams with us. And anything that we undertook, that we went after, and maybe we tried to build a business and it failed and we just felt like it was just more than you could handle, God's able to handle things that we can't. Matter of fact, God is always able to handle things that we can't. So just trust God and move forward and look back on the mistakes you may have made in past decisions and learn from them. There's a teaching that I give in finances and marriage counseling and things of this nature. And I ask people to take a piece of paper and I'll challenge you to do that when you get a chance. I know some of you are riding a bicycle or you're in a position where you can't write anything down. But when you get a chance, take a piece of paper and write down a list of things that you'd like to do. Make a list of the good decisions you made to get that to get that goal or that dream, see that come pass in your life, the good things that you did and the bad things you did. And when you look at that list, you'll see that the bad things were the reasons that caused you not to achieve the goal that you had or the dream or the plan that you had. So here's my advice to you. Look at the bad things, the mistakes that you've made, and don't repeat them. Now, I know that's not super powerful, not over the top, but it's very true. If you write down the good things you did, then continue to do those things. But if you make a list of the bad things, the mistakes that you made, then the goal you have there is not to repeat those things. Because if we repeat them, we will not receive the success that we want in our life. So that's just a suggestion. You can receive it, and I believe God will bless you in it. Here's another question for you. Is God really concerned about my life? Now, I think that's one that many people have asked throughout their entire Christian walk is, does God hear my prayers? Does he know I exist? I pray and I ask God for something and I ask him to help someone else and the answer doesn't seem to come. So does God really care? Does he really Is he really concerned about my life? So let me just give you a quick answer on that one because I believe that's a simple one to answer. Not easy to sometimes process and get out of your mind and your past thoughts, but it's something that's quite simple to hang on to. The answer to that question about is God really concerned about my life is this. The Word of God is filled with example, 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 example of people who felt that way. God is concerned about everything in our life. You see, Job in the Old Testament had a question like that. Job had questions about his past and his future and he, he had those questions concerned, but this is the way he responded to the challenges that he had. Now, if you don't know about Job, very quickly, Job was a man, and the Old Testament writes about it, a man that basically was wonderful and godly man, served God, and the devil asked God if he could go after Job and attack him and see if Job would still be faithful to the Lord. And the Lord said, well, sure, you go ahead and give him a try. And so the devil then attacked him, and Job lost his family, he lost his wealth, he lost his health, and everything. But in the middle of all that and all those challenges... 
Job's question was this, and this is basically addressing the question, does God really concerned about my life? Job said this, if God slay me, yet I will trust him. You see, Job believed that God could bring back something from nothing. Job believed that when he lost his children, when he lost his finances, when he lost all of his holdings, his land, his property, his cattle, all the things that he had, when he lost his health, Job never said, God's not able, or God doesn't like me anymore, or God's given up on me. No, Job basically believed that God was able to bring something from nothing. And when Job was right at the very, very bottom, and he had basically nothing, he had nothing to hold on to, God restored him and built back Job to a level of great success and finances and family and all that's greater than he had ever seen before. You see, when Job was going through all those challenges, here's another thing that kind of hit him pretty heavy. Some of his so-called friends and his wife spoke negative thoughts to him. If we read Job chapter 15, just like Job, we will face negative people who doubt the promises of God. I believe everyone remembers the statement that Job's wife said. She says, why don't you just deny God and die? Just basically give up. And that certainly wasn't the advice that he needed to hear from his wife. You see, a lot of people may never catch what you have obtained by believing God is able to bring anything back to life. If you catch this and you believe this and it becomes part of your life and part of your witness and part of your walk with God, that God can bring back to life anything, that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond, that God is unlimited in his ability, that God is God and he has no weaknesses. There's, he's never failed. He's never made a mistake. And that's the God that we serve. And that's the God that wants to speak life and hope into your life. You see, the word of God has a New Testament passage that deals with us. It helps us in being concerned about whether God is interested in our life and in our future. It's found in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 26. And it reads like this, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, that means they don't work, or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And this is the part I think we need to latch on to. Are you not worth more than they are? Another translation says, are you not much more valuable than they? So if God cares about the birds out there flying around, that he provides for them shelter and nourishment and things that they need, then God looks at you as being far more valuable than the birds that he created, and he will take care of your needs. Let's move on to question number six now. Here's an interesting question I had a lot of people tell me. I have sinned. Do I deserve God's help? There's another blockade, right? That's another blockade to having greater faith because you think I'm not worthy. I'm not. Well, no, none of us are worthy. None are worthy. Only God is worthy. Only Jesus was worthy. We're never worthy, nor do we deserve the salvation that he's given us. Did, nor did we deserve Jesus dying on the cross for our life that we could have eternal life with him. So the old statement, I have sinned, do I deserve God's help? That's a lie from the pit of hell itself. That's the devil himself telling you that God doesn't love you, he doesn't care for you, and you don't deserve any help from God. But the answer to that is this. God looks at us differently than how we see ourselves. You see, our God is a God of grace and mercy. His grace is sufficient and his mercies endure forever. When we're forgiven by the Lord from our sins, it's over, it's done. We do not have to question or worry or wonder about whether we deserve to be blessed because God wants to bless us. He wants to give us his grace and his mercy. So never allow that thought to get into your mind. When it comes up against you, you know it's not 
from the Lord. You know it's not from the Holy Spirit, but it's the devil himself who basically speaks into our heart and into our mind and gets us to question and wonder, well, I'm not worthy of being blessed by God or I don't deserve his blessing, so I can't possibly ever have greater faith. That is a lie from the devil himself. God loves us. He wants to bless us and his grace is sufficient and his mercy endures forever. Now, verse number seven. I've tried to believe and have greater faith before. What can I do to catch this teaching today? That's a great question. It really is. What can I do to catch this? People have said, I've prayed and I've tried. I've tried to have faith to believe for things, but I struggle with that. I have a challenge. Well, we all do. But here's the suggestion that I have for you. Here's an answer that I'd like to give you on that question of, if you've had a lack of faith in the past, what can you do to receive this teaching today that says God is able and that he can bring something from nothing. Let me give you the answer that I'd like you to accept today. I believe this will knock another roadblock down from you. My suggestion is to stop trying to think yourself into catching this teaching. You just can't think it. You can't teach yourself. You've got to believe it. You see, I believe our thinking and our understanding will block us from catching the Apostle Paul's teaching in the book of Hebrews. See, because by faith is how we receive everything worthwhile in life. You can't just tell yourself, I'm just going to believe that and that's it and I'm going to confess it and that's the end of it. You've got to believe it. You've got to have the faith to step out and believe it. Let me give you a personal example. The first time I caught the meaning of God being able to create new things out of nothing was the day I was told I had a tumor in my kidney and the doctor was concerned about the cancer spreading to other vital organs. Now, my wife Sharon was with me as the doctor described my condition. At first, it was a little bit of a shock, but within minutes, we both thought of the unlimited God we serve. The words came to my mind almost immediately. I told my wife how wonderful it'll be to stand before our congregation and make the announcement of how God had taken such a terrible, life-threatening experience and turn it into a celebration of God's ability. He can create good out of something so bad, even sometimes things that threaten our life. So let me just close with this. May I encourage you to pray to catch this promise. Whatever you may be facing, our God can bring it into new life. He can give you new hope. He can encourage you. He can bless you, and he will. So let me just pray for you, and I pray that as I'm praying that you'll catch the idea of having greater faith. And these questions that we've addressed today, I know they're not the perfect answers, but there are things that will guide you in a direction to knock down the blockades in your life that are robbing you from receiving greater faith. Heavenly Father, I pray your blessing would be upon those who are listening in. And I pray, Lord, that the blockades that they have in their life, Father, it might just be a lack of hope or maybe a past condition that hurt them or it may be that they doubt that, God, you want to use them or they have a difficult time, Lord, just struggling with the issues of their past. Father, I pray that those walls will come down, that those blockades, Father, will fall in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that those that are listening in today would step into the realm of greater faith, that they would catch this teaching, this teaching that tells us that we call forth those things that are not as though that they are. Lord, I just pray that right now for everyone listening in. I pray, Lord, that those who are listening to this podcast right now, whatever they're going through, Lord, I pray that you'd bring it to pass in their life. The things they've given up on, Father, you'll put new life in them. 
the things they've walked away from, Father, that they feel there's no hope. You can bring back the hope in their life. And Father God, the things that we think are dead and gone and buried and over, you are the God of resurrection power. You are the God that can resurrect the dreams and desires of our past. I thank you for it in advance. And I know, God, you're going to do a wonderful work in the lives of those who've heard this podcast today. And I'll be careful to give you the praise and all the glory for it now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, as I close out this teaching today, I'd like to encourage you to go to my webpage, davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you open that up, you'll see that I've written a number of books. One in particular I'd like you to possibly consider, and that is it's entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. This entire series on faith to receive, this entire series on having greater faith has come from this book that I've written. It's my outline. I wrote it, so I can certainly use it as my outline. And I believe the Holy Spirit has taken me through this. And Lord, that this teaching is falling on people of faith and who people who believe that they can have even a greater walk of faith in their life. So I hope that would bless you and I hope that you'll reach out and obtain it. It's something I think that will bless your life. No question in my mind, and I know it has changed so many people's lives and their thoughts that yes, God is able. So with that in mind, I'd like to let you know that if you want to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that by going to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, in the upcoming weeks, we're going to continue in this series. And let me give you the title of next week's podcast. We will be addressing how to obtain greater faith from new challenges. You know, many times a great challenge is a great opportunity to receive greater faith and greater trust in the Lord God. In Psalm 27, 1, it says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Take that word to light. Take that word in your heart, in your mind, in your thought process. Believe it and claim it. And when we start taking scriptures like that and claiming it in our life, we're going to see greater things take place in our faith. We're going to see an increase in faith. And we know that we're going to grow closer to God. He's going to give us a greater touch of faith in our life. Remember, God is ready, He's willing, and He is able. Don't forget, I asked you earlier, make a list of those things in your life that needing to be brought back to life, those things that you've given up on. Make that list. Get your bucket list out. Make a list of those things and call them forth and believe them. Believe that God is able to do that. So whatever you're going to face in life, whatever any of us face in life, we must believe that we serve a God who can bring to life anything that we need resurrect. So thank you once again for tuning in. So I close with this thought. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, I pray that God will richly bless you.